Welcome to For What It's Worth. I'm a horrible person. You leave stuff laying around? An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. No, no, you can't do that because I seriously think of Five Nights at Fred Meyer every time someone says that. Well, we have a choice here. Yeah, tell them what our choice is. What are the choices? Limbago in Idaho. What the hell? And now, an episode more fun than an NPR or BBC or CBC or PBS or local public radio show with a monotone voice. It doesn't take much. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> so in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. Here are your hosts, Root and Tugs. Are you starting right now? Yep. <laughs> Welcome to For What It's Worth, Raw. <laughs> no editing, no nothing, just us giving you this message of love and caringness. So the first question people probably have is, where the hell's the episode? The end of season is coming due to real life interfering with, with um, other life. Second life is work, right? So due to second life interfering with first life, we haven't been able to get everything we need together for it, but we promise we're going to do it. So we're just going to bring you a fresh episode and apologize for the mess that you're about to listen to if you stick through the episode. Yay, it's going to be all over the place. It's going to be something. So, Tugs, speaking of second life... Did you hear that they're going to possibly come out with a Second Life 2? Are you serious? Yeah. Why? I, it's mostly going to um it's oh going to God. evolve um let's see, virtual reality. You're not kidding. I'm not. I'm not joking at all. Okay, I look, I know that there's probably someone out there that's making money off Second Life. It's it's been what? At least 10 years. Second Life was like a couple years when I got into the fandom started becoming a thing. And yeah. it's, it's, don't we have Minecraft now? <laughs> like, Ouch. Like, no, but isn't Minecraft a new thing? You know, Tugs, I, I was, see how that was, an I was a second life. Um, right. But, but you're not, that's like MySpace was a thing, right? Yeah. So like, haven't we moved off of second life? You know, Tugs, second life it's 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 a glorified chat room and it's for it's you're able to be your character oh like i am for you first yourself oh my gosh that that place is terrible like have you looked at their avatars did you just say that place is terrible which place i am for you you. and second life isn't i think second life is great in comparison i mean i know that some of the avatars look like shit but (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of really, really good avatars that they've made, but okay, yeah, go go ahead and right click on that bubble and there you go, go at it. <laughs> I don't know. Second life joke. I'm, I'm not. I'm not dissing on the like relationships and friendships people have found for that because I, I mean I play an MMO. I get it. You know, I'm just I'm just feel like it's so hasn't really been relevant like they haven't done a lot to keep it fresh and on people's mind awareness you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so their their mind share is so are you going to try second life too just just for fun just no. to try it out you're just gonna stay away because i might just try it out just for fun just to see how it goes and stuff like that but probably not so what games have you been up been playing lately what do i always play well, you've been always playing Final Fantasy. So. Yes. So that aside, um, the Rhythm Heaven uh, localization finally came out. 
Download only, though, and Nintendo is not marketing it at all, so nobody knows it's out in English. I've only found one change from the Japanese version, which is they got rid of vocals for one of the remixes. That's that's cool, though, that they that they integrated so much. Oh, yeah, and you can switch it to Japanese if you want to hear it. There's a language option that wasn't in the Japanese version. That's obviously. cool. Let's see. I've been playing... <laughs> Have you ever heard of Going Home? It's no. free on PlayStation right Which now. means you got to pay money. It, well, yes, it's the... <laughs> free the games scare me. <laughs> <laughs> like, Chex Quest was the last free game I really enjoyed. Oh, no, 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 no. This is, a, um, this is one that you have a subscription through PlayStation, you know, gold subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you just get, like, me a for it. free game or whatever. So, oh, so it's it's not really normally free. It's just, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay, it's like games with gold slash PS Plus. Yeah, so... Going home was interesting and kind of boring at the same exact time. It only took me about an hour to beat. Um, Let's see. Some interesting games that I've been playing lately. Um, I've been playing, well, of course, Binding of Isaac, you know, once in a while. (laughs) Again, 10 years have gone by. (laughs) But I've been playing um, Stick of Truth. Oh, I have that. I because need to play it. It came out it came out for PlayStation 4 and it is so awesome. So if you missed it, go pre-order um Time out. Fractured butthole? Yeah, Fractured butthole. Time out. I <laughs> thought you just got a gaming PC and you were done. I thought you were joining PC Master Race. No, that's my boyfriend. But you're us. getting one too, I thought. Eventually, I will. Yeah. Eventually, but not right now. Uh, so. see, this is my struggle with consoles. PS4, not Neo, and the Xbox One, not S, the normal on-the-one-shelf-today versions, they cheat. They cheat 1080, and that bothers me. Like, the Xbox One only plays at 900p, and the PS4, eh, I think it does, like, it does 1080p most of the time, but occasionally they'll cut, like, the last 80 lines, and it's like, stop screwing me. Like, don't tell me I have, you have a full HD console when you don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, I do get what you're saying. And the 100%. Xbox One interface sucks, by the way. I've actually heard that they've gone better. They did an update and they no. they redid it. Was no. it better? No, when I push a button, something should tell me that I pushed the button. Be it a little loading icon. You know, here's the thing. When uh, That sounds really dumb, but think about it. Okay, you're on a screen and it gives you 200 options. And you push a button saying, I want that option. And you push the button and nothing happens. You're like, did you get my push? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's such a small detail, but it's fundamental to any design for any interface that they have completely bombed on. Like I was trying to save a, a video, and I pushed save, and I waited. I was like, "Did you get it?" So I pushed save twice more just to be safe. And then suddenly, like forty seconds later, it goes saved, saved, saved. I had three copies of the stupid thing. Are you serious? Yes. That's that's stupid. Between, that's stupid. But between the PS4 and the Xbox One, I I do choose the PS4 if I'm going to get a console game. But between the two of them, because they're so underpowered and underwhelming, I've just gone PC. I I get where you're coming from. I'm not there yet. You know, I'm not... I'm not... I don't have a fancy-dancy computer. And it's not because I, I don't have the money or anything like that. It's just... I don't have room for it. Like, right now... You ups- could throw out some of your old shit. Oh, I wish that I could. Why it's can't just, you? Um, they're just isn't really room to throw it out well we have four people that are living in a little tiny house and we kind of have like this setup where they have like all their computers and there's not really an area for me to set up 
for a computer. Are you station. paying less rent? No. That's not fair. But I have a count. I have a console section, so I just All stick right. with my console. You but, can play on your Game Boy. But one thing that I was super, super excited about, and then all of a sudden, it's like, um, oh, for, I was so excited for Overwatch. Like, I was so excited to finally be able to like play games with my friends. I know you're like, oh, what was Rue? Why don't you just get a a PC and play games with your friends that way? Well, well no, uh, no, that's fine. But I don't, I don't know why you're expecting that you can play cross-platform. That's not really fully out there yet. They were going to do that, though. That was kind of their thing that they were focusing on, is that they were going to do cross-platform play. Wait. But then somebody... Hold it, hold it. I want you to just hold on a moment. Okay, I'm holding get, on to my I need to, to get penis. your music for this. We're almost there. Okay, continue. Oh my gosh. So, let me tell you my wheeze and woes about this. It is just heart-wrenching of not being able to play Overwatch with my PC friends. Overwatch was going to be like, I don't know, it was just gonna, it was gonna be like a revolution. And some stupid gamer that elite gamer ended up saying well you know technically because you're on a pc you have a advantage over you know everybody else because you're able to spin around really quickly oh that's not true necessarily and so that's why they decided not to do it stupid i don't think i don't think that they would have done it that way on purpose that's one gamer doesn't wield that much power over Blizzard. Oh, I know it wasn't one gamer over Blizzard, but still, that was the reasoning that they came out with is because that PC gamers would have an advantage over console gamers. Hmm. So, anywho, there you, you go. You want to hear that my, my butt hurt about Overwatch? What? I watched... It's overhyped? No. <laughs> I liked the little like videos they were putting out, like the story videos and stuff. I, I was genuinely like... This is actually something I'd consider playing, which would be normally outside of the scope of what I typically play. Mm-hmm. But then I, then I was like, "Oh right, I can't play it. I'll get sick." Oh yeah, because you can't, um, you get motion sickness. Yes. So. But what about James? Has he been enjoying it? Well, yes, but don't interrupt my rant. Oh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you need music for this? No, I don't, because I feel like this is legitimate, and here's why: because first Ouch. of all, first of all. Saying, well, can't you take Dramamine is bullshit. That's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you shouldn't have to take pills to play a game, right? Like, if you take pills to eat, that's different. You have to eat as a human being. And most foods have cross-contamination, okay? But saying, oh, well, why don't you just take pills to play video games? That's like, like, why don't you smoke a bowl before you play it? It should not, that doesn't seem to make a good kind of requirement for a game for me, right? Yeah, you shouldn't have to. And Blizzard has repeatedly turned down requests to add a third-person view. There are people asking for it. And if there was a third-person view, I could play. And there are moments in the game, from what I understand, where it does go to third-person view. So the engine is there. And they've said no. So for the first time ever, I'm left out because of a, of some a medical thing I have zero control over. You know, and I think that's why I really, really enjoy um, Garden Warfare. Is because it is a third-person view. See? So you could play that and you would be just fine. 
yeah, but I wanted to play with my friends on Overwatch. It looked yeah, cool. I, well, but right I can't. now that's the cool thing that's out. Yeah, well, I mean, but I like the aesthetics of it, you know? It was very brightly colored. It had a lot of cool aesthetics to it that I was really enjoying. It reminded me of the Team Fortress. So you tell me, is that first world problems or is that like, hey, I have like a, I hate to use the phrase medical disability, but I feel like it kind of is in this case. I can't, I get simulation sickness from first person stuff. I have to be really careful. You know, I think that they should give that particular option. Right. You know, to be able to change it you know, for those particular people. That's why I liked Mirror's Edge 1 so much, because that dot that everyone hated on was put in specifically to cancel out motion sickness. One of the lead designers, I've talked about this on the show before, adjusted the game so that you could play it and it would override motion uh, simulation sickness. That's cool. Yeah. I, I heard that the new Overwatch, um, Overwatch is third person. Oh, sorry. Um, Mirror's Edge is third person. I don't know. And I, I don't think it, that guy was on there. And I think they got rid of the dot because people whined about it. But it's like, come on, dude. One little white dot on your screen is not going to ruin your game. And it will let more people play it. All right, Tugs. E3, E3 review. E3 review. Give it to me. I uh, what happened at E three? I like I watched two press conferences and nothing really got my attention. It seemed like it kind of fell flat for me this year. <laughs> it it was, really did. It's like usually it's like super exciting, but this year it was kind of like, and then there's things that are happening and that's it. Oh, and here's a VR headset for the PlayStation. Woo! VR again. Guess what? I can't do. You can't do VR. No, I played with an Oculus Rift once to see. Took a little longer, but it did happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see where it goes. Why did Nintendo not do an But I don't necessarily event? know that it's the the best thing. Uh, you know, I don't know why Nintendo didn't do an event. Like, cool story about Zelda. I I didn't watch it because here's the thing: is I like when they showed Mario Maker a couple of E3s before it came out. I could not just stop and wait for it. I was so ravenous for it, so I don't want to watch Zelda videos because I'll be like, give it to me. Well, I heard that you can have Wolf Link. In oh yeah, I saw a video of the that. new Zelda, yeah. because, and you have to use like the amiibo or whatever to be able to have him. Yep. And it's kind of interesting this time because you have to play through Twilight Princess to be able to, and then you you link that particular amiibo, and then you're able to bring that Twilight Princess character and his progress from his hearts into the new game itself now yep. all he is is just like a basic is it like a sprite is that what it would be called basically he goes around and like attacks it's a model yeah. around you a model but um but it's cool that you know okay so you ended the game with all of your hearts um then you're able to to bring you know the wolf link over with all of the hearts. Or if you just barely started and you only have three hearts, well, guess what? We Wolf Link there will only have three hearts. So right. it's kind of like, I don't know, you play through Twilight Princess. I, I thought it was kind of cool. I Anywho. should go finish that. Twilight Princess? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to the first temple and I was like, I got to get dinner. And then like I never came back. It's probably still on pause on someone's imagination. <laughs> um... When is the Cloud and a Bayonetta Amiibos coming? I don't... Oh, the Cloud and Bayonetta? I don't know. I would like them to come out soon. I know that the Amiibos are almost... Amiibo, we both did it wrong. Um, Almost done. So, um, what do you think about the news lately? Uh... So, Britain has left... 
I don't feel like I'm qualified to comment on that. Yeah, and they I, haven't left. They just voted to leave. There's actually a process. I, I, well, I know that it's like two years, yeah. but I don't know a lot of details about it. So I don't. I don't. I was like, hoping that you were going to know a little bit about it. No. Again, I just I don't like politics lately. All it is is just crap. It's all crap. Here's some news though. Uh, I'm looking at Flera. Hello, Flera. Uh, they have a chart of con attendance and like how it's gone since 2006. Okay. Anthrocon is still the biggest. And then the second is FWA, Free Weekend Atlanta. And then what has historically been third until obviously even the news were there and they announced it, FC was on the same upward trends and it's actually gone down and it shows the crossover for BLFC. That's, uh, that's pretty insane. Yeah. No, BLFC is... I think it's definitely going to be one of those conventions that's eventually going to be competing with AC. That well, it is. is. It's my in the opinion. top three. Top three. FC has fallen to four? What's this fifth one? It's just... BLFC just is a really good resort. They're at a really, really good hotel. Yeah, but that hotel hates them, from what I understand. Don't really? quote me on that. If If they end up losing their contract... Oh, I don't know. I think BLFC, I don't know where they would go. They, they'd go somewhere. They'd probably just build their own hotel. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> so recently, BLFC has tweeted that they want to hear, um, ce- like they want celebrities and stuff like that. Yeah. To, um, to end up appearing so they can sell tickets. Have they reached out to you about Margaret Cho? Just kidding. <laughs> No comment. You can you can edit that out. No, um, this is raw, but no comment. <laughs> um, I'm looking at this at this going through the news real fast. Yep. There's nothing really exciting in that. What is up with furry news lately? Like, are we just that boring? I guess maybe we're not creating drama. D- is that what we need to do? Is jump in and create more drama? I don't know. I think it's time to do this though. He's only half-baked. It's Ruse Kooky time. You can't just randomly shoot that at me. Sure I can. Um, <laughs> you always have a cookie. I always have a cookie, but, but you know, stuff happens. He, he's not ready, ladies and gentlemen. He's not ready at all. We're going to change this bumper soon. Are you excited? Really? Yep. I really like this one. I know, but you gotta keep it fresh. Not like FC, right? Alright, here we go, guys. No, no, that is not the new bumper. Look around. Happiness is trying to catch you in bed with a cookie. And that sounds like a disease, happiness. I've got the happiness. Oh, oh, and this fortune cookie says, eat me in bed with a cookie. It doesn't say eat me in bed with a cookie. It just says eat me. Yeah, it says eat me. (laughs) I went and took my drone flying out in the desert. Oh, how did that go? Um, You know, I learned about rolling shutter effect, which, okay, so there's probably a few photo notes listening. I did go buy filters. Now, I don't know what you know about photo filters, Rue, but I'm assuming it's not much. Thank you. But yeah, I know a little bit because I was a photographer okay. manager. Oh, right. Because I love how you can't say photographer. 
Oh, thank you. You say photographer. You're just so furry about everything. Photographer. Photo. Photographer. Photographer. <sighs> anyway. Anywho. Um, so I know I, I put a, a two stop on my drone. Uh-huh. Um, but I forgot to change the shutter rate. So there is this weird stuttering effect in certain shots. <laughs> but it was my first time going out and doing a shot like that. So I feel like if you you know account for that, it came out pretty good. Um, we went out to that tree, that, the cement tree on the way to Wendover. That's on the side of the road. And I had oh, it, yeah? Yeah, and I had it fly around that and record. Awesome. So what does it look from above that stupid cement tree that nobody knows what we're talking about? It, well, first of all, the tree's called the Tree of Utah. You can Google it. It's literally some guy from Sweden, Carl Mullen, came out in the 80s and built a cement tree in the middle of the salt flats. So it's like flat, right? You can see the curvature of the earth in certain places. And then there's a metal, or not a metal, a cement tree just hanging out, doing nothing. Just in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Um, and it looks exactly like what you'd think. I'll show you the video. But it's... Yeah, it was just kind of neat because most people don't know about that and would kind of stop and go, what the hell is that? And there's not very many things on the side of the road that do that anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, no. It, it's definitely something that um, people look forward to because, and they actually say, oh, I'm at the tree. You know, that's it's kind of like the point that everybody's like, okay, this is where I need to get. And, and yeah. then I know that Windover is just right over the bend. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like 25 miles from it. So I'm like, yeah, we should probably go do a little gambling. Didn't work out. So, Tugs. What? I have a serious topic for you. <laughs> okay. So how did you feel about the, the Pulse shooting? I thought we didn't do political on the show. What? I thought we didn't do political on the show. No, this is a, this is a different type of topic. This isn't, you know... It's well, obviously, really I topic. obviously I'm people, pissed by it. People died. Yeah, no, I I am pissed. I'm pissed off by it. I I don't know anything about the shooter officially. Like, I mean, there's all the speculation, and they've said a few things. Sometimes I feel like they're really trying to stretch and connect him to terrorism, and sometimes I feel like okay, well, that's not so much of a stretch. So I'm really back and forth on that. Um, but I mean, first of all, the they have established that this guy is religious. And that he was married and stuff, but he's going to gay clubs apparently was a thing for him. Somebody, and I I need fact check on this, so please don't. I will fact check you. Um, somebody told me that he had like gay porn and stuff like that on his computer. See, that's that's kind of the stuff I keep hearing. Um, and that he was checking out. All of these different gay bars and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but the other thing is, like, he... And I was going to say this. And he was kind of a local to that particular Yeah, bar. he wasn't unknown there. He he had been by. He scoped downtown Disney, though, or Disney Springs, as they call it now. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks before I was down there, even. And I'm like, wow, you know? So, I don't know. I don't know what, what his motive is. But, I mean, yeah, he was a regular. So, it's like, was he a self-hating gay guy who tried to tie it to terrorism? You know? You know, it could... I don't think that we're ever going to fully really know unless like they find some sort of letter that was on his desk that explains. Well, like, it's weird that he was texting people and his wife and calling the news. And so I was like, what? Why is he drawing so much attention to this? Like it was clearly 
premeditated and I don't know what his motive really was. You know? Yeah. It's just for somebody to go and shoot 49 people, you know, and I don't want to go too much into the details of the gore and stuff like that, but just that horrific scene, like, what would you do? What would you do if you were in that situation, Tugs? Somebody's going through, gunning down your friends, gunning down the people that are around you, shooting bodies that are on the ground, you know, making sure that they're they're dead. What What would you do in that particular situation? I know, right? Like... Well, that's why I always make a point of saying I love you to my husband. I'm trying to find something here. Our topic has became really grim. <laughs> well, no, no. Um, I'm trying to pull up the speech excerpt, right? Hold on. Oh, shoot. They don't have it here. Uh, basically, the lieutenant governor spoke um, of our state. He's Republican, right? He's, he's fairly conservative. And he said basically that... When I woke up and heard that there was a shooting at a club, I was horrified. Okay. And they said, but if you if your feelings about it changed and you find out that it was a gay nightclub, then we're doing it wrong. And I was taken back. I was like, wow. Like, political or not, that's a pretty powerful statement. If, if your feelings about it changed because it was a gay nightclub, then we're doing it wrong. Well... It was kind of a, a hate crime. There was sure, I feel that it was a sure. hate crime. When when okay, look, being being a gay person myself, I I get that there's there's a need to make sure that we're not trodden on because there's a lot of people who would. But at some point, we just have to normalize, you know. Eventually, it will get to that point. But it's like, would not, you be? So let me turn there yet. Let me turn on my on, on its head. Would you be more angry or less angry if it was a regular nightclub? I mean, I would be angry. If sure, but would you? But would your feelings be different if it was a gay club versus a regular club? You know, I are would, you more angry because it I was would, a gay club? I would like to think that it wasn't, but I would be angry if it was a sure all black club. But would you be more angry if it was a gay club versus a regular club? Yes. Then you're then you're doing it wrong because it's my but, particular sure people that you know sure. I'm, I'm just pointing out that we even have biases on our own. You know what I'm saying? Like, we should, if, if we want people to be treating us normal, then we need to normalize and be fair the other way. It shouldn't matter what kind of club it is. We should all be equally horrified. And I know that our lieutenant governor was getting at the fact that if you were like, oh, it's just a gay club, then we're doing it wrong. You know, I've just given that particular quote a lot of thought since I read it. Interesting way to think about it. I... I completely understand where you're coming from. Yep. Well, look at this. It's been 25 minutes. Time for break. Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Thursday, June 16th, here are your space headlines. The crew of the ISS opened up Beam for the first time last week. There isn't much to see since it's an experimental module. They took some air samples and checked the inner wall for any irregularities that might have cropped up during expansion. The module will remain attached to the ISS for two years, the crew checking on it from time to time but keeping it closed up for most of its stay. After it's detached, the module will be monitored as it descends and burns up to study how it behaves on re-entry. A Delta IV Heavy launched a surveillance satellite for the National Reconnaissance Office from Cape Canaveral on Saturday, June 11th at 1.51pm Eastern Daylight Time. 
the Delta IV Heavy is the largest, most powerful rocket currently flying, supplied by United Launch Alliance. The satellite was bound for geosynchronous orbit 22,300 miles above the Earth. It's also one of the largest satellites currently on deployment. It's designed to capture signals and images as part of information gathering, monitoring ISIS, Al-Qaeda, North Korea, Iran, Russia, and China, among others. An upgraded version of the Proton rocket launched on Thursday, June 9th, from Baikonur Cosmodrome, carrying a U.S.-built communications satellite. It will provide telecommunications services for Intelsat on behalf of DirecTV, leasing it to transmit broadcasts for Latin customers. This upgraded version of the rocket used newer, lighter materials, replacing traditional metal components for the shell and tanks with composites, meaning it would be lighter and be able to lift more. There was a glitch, however, during the second stage, when one of its four engines switched off nine seconds early. To correct for this, the first of five burns for the Breeze-M upper stage had to run for 30 seconds longer than expected. In spite of the glitch, the mission was a success. On Wednesday, June 15th, SpaceX launched a Falcon 9 carrying two Boeing-made communication satellites. These utilize all-electric propulsion, ion drives, to maintain position and for course corrections. Because of that reduced mass, the Falcon 9 can carry two of them. They were successfully deployed, but unfortunately the first stage underwent unplanned disassembly as it tried to land. This would have been the fourth landing in a row had it been successful, but for now, it's just more experimental data. They still completed their primary mission, though. The Cygnus resupply freighter has departed the International Space Station after the crew loaded a trash on board, ready for it to descend into the upper atmosphere and burn up. But before it does, scientists started a controlled fire inside the vehicle, trapped inside an experimental case. The purpose is to see how large-scale fires behave in microgravity and to see how the materials the International Space Station is made of would react to burning up. An instrument package called SAFIRE, S-A-F-F-I-R-E, recorded the data, will compress it and then downlink it to the ground crews over the following week before the vehicle re-enters. This will give NASA and other agencies important information regarding fire safety aboard station, as well as important information that will help them develop new spaceships and habitats in the future. That's all we've got for you this time. For more on space and space-related matters, follow NASA, Bigelow Aerospace, United Launch Alliance, Roscosmos, SpaceX, and Orbital Science on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans. We don't have an ident. Sad. You're listening to For What It's Worth. Now we are here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hold on. This is important. What? I lost myself to dance. <laughs> no, you just. <laughs> no, I just wiggled. I know you wiggled. <laughs> oh my god! I truffle shuffled for you. <laughs> no, what is this? What are you doing to me? All right, <laughs> we've pulled the zipper down. It's time for the mailbag. You know, I love this episode already. We are so lost. All right. First thing we have, we promised it. We promised it. And now we're going to play it. So we've had this in the mailbag for (laughs) a good while. I'm sorry about that. But here it is. 
if it loads. Aye. It's pronounced F teal nifty. Let's just get that out of the way. So, yeah, I'm like extremely late to the bully party, as you can see. Yeah, July 2nd, was it? 2014? Yeah, that was about the year I went to AC. Anyways, I just recently found out about your show because I pretty much was online browsing the internets for new furry podcasts to listen to because the one I kind of listened to, uh, turns out the people are kind of fake. <clears throat> Anyways, I'm not going to mention any more names, so let's get on why I wanted this particular subject as the email. So, I'm not going to lie. I used to be very, very judgmental of baby furs, still kind of am, but here's the thing, it's not really about anything about what they're into or anything, it's more like I had like a really nasty experience, so yeah. I don't really bully people per se, but I was kind of holding a grudge against, I guess is the more technical term for it. So, yeah. I do have, I did have an Ink Bunny account, but I pretty much had to remove accounts and just make myself a new one because, you know, I get all this hate from baby furs for no reason other than the fact that my stuff wasn't their jam. Next thing, um, f oh yeah, bullying in the fandom. Well, that depends on how you look at it. I was technically kind of bullied in the fandom. I mean, I had the luxury of, you know, ignoring it, I guess. Or maybe I just didn't pay attention, but yeah. Pretty much I had my fair share of assholes, but they mainly stopped and didn't give me as flack for it because I was an artist, but I still got flack regardless. Mainly, it was mainly on fur affinity, which, you know, I'm going to assume based on this episode, uh, most people don't really like fur affinity because of its nasty tendencies. So yeah, <clears throat> once upon a time here, I probably got a lot of, I, fuck, probably, I did get a lot of flack for liking girl stuff, and, you know, occasionally I get a mean comment like how I shouldn't really be posting vaginal stuff, and it's like, whatever. I just have to pause, because that made me think about doing this. What? Vaginal stuff. Oh my god. Continuing. <laughs> now, let's just say I did have some out experiences with other things, getting bullied on other things other than freaking fur affinity, like so furry, and another crappy thing you should add to the list of crappy sites. Except for it's more writer based, so as an artist, I pretty much got ignored and. Ugh. Ah. I had more for this topic, I swear I did. That's about as far as we got. So, bullying. That's an ever-favorite episode of our listeners, isn't it? It is, it is. And I think that it's probably because within our life, we've all been bullied. In some way or form. Because, you know, people can't just, you know, be happy about themselves. They have to push other people down. So, I don't know. Well, what do you want to talk about with bullying? You know, I, I, it's such a good episode. Really, if you want to hear about it, go and listen to it. 
we really did a great job with that bullying episode. And, you know, I just short story, short, just be yourself and don't care about what other people think, even though that I know that you're probably going to care about what they think, but just... There's an art to it. Just you, put... You care at the right time. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to put thick skin on the people that are assholes. Well, no, put a thick skin on you. No, yeah, no. On, they already on, have the thick skin. Well, yeah. Put the a sheath way on. around. You okay. should sheath yourself. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Aftail. We know that there was more to your message. Um, for the sake of time, we will keep moving. But we did listen to the whole thing and appreciate you. The yes, next thank one. Thank you so much for sending It's from Anonymous. She says, hi, guys. I'm 25. For the past week, I've started self-identifying as furry after living in years of denial. Bum, bum, bum. In truth, I've already been a furry for years, but I didn't want to admit it for out of fear of how many friends would perceive me, or how my friends would perceive me. Although I never bought into the negative furry stereotypes, a few negative experiences with other furries at non-furry cons and online were enough to drive me away. Even within a short period, embracing the community has already made me feel more self-confident. While I've always found sharing my artwork in online communities to be intimidating, I've even started sharing some work on my faith thanks to the open-minded, enthusiastic community. I've also recently become openly bisexual. Although prior to becoming a furry in the community has been a big help in making me feel less alone. Although I don't intend to come out as a furry to my friends, and there are certain aspects of furry culture I don't think I will ever be comfortable with, eternally identifying as a furry has been a massive positive change in my life. Your show has been a fantastic resource for getting up to speed with furry culture, and I admire the effort you guys have put into creating the show. If you ever decide to do a show on furry denial and acceptance... I would love to hear the experience of any others who had a similar struggle. Cheers. Anonymous from Australia. Yay, from Australia. Woo, I love Australia. Tim Tams all the way. Right. So, yeah, doing an episode about acceptance. What do you think? One uh, one day will be done. Actually, I really like that idea. That would be awesome. Yeah. We'll put that in our idea bucket. And in fact, if you guys have any suggestions... For what you would like to hear in season six, uh, please feel free to send us an email because we are always looking for new suggestions. No, now that you said that, the official ways that you can send us email are, or email, you can contact us our email. That's it. Or you can send us a letter in the mail if you really want. We don't accept over Twitter and we don't accept over Facebook because it's simply impossible to track what everyone is saying if they don't put it on this place or that place or the other place. So email. But we do want to hear from you. And you're all pretty good at emailing. So we think that's not too much to ask. Exactly. Well, I'm glad that you found the community. Hopefully you can connect with some good people. So what else do we have in the mailbag? We have an email from Blue with two U's. Hello, Rue and Tugs. This is the Blue Wolf, aptly named Blue. Just wanted to chime in on your podcast. I recently discovered it over a certain podcast app. Imagine my surprise when I had been a furry with access to the net for six years. Love you guys' show, content, and general attitudes. Listening to your guys' podcast makes mine, and I'm sure a lot of others commute, morning or otherwise, a little more enjoyable, and a little more furry when we might not always have the time to be. Keep up the great work. Warm regards, your faithful listener, Blue. P.S. Start making episodes more often. I'm running out of stuff to listen to. Girl, do you know how long it takes us to put an episode together? It takes a lot of time. It does. So we would love to make this show uh, a weekly show, but I think that me and Tugs would probably lose our minds. 
Probably. Yep. So I don't I don't see us any point in time making this a, a weekly show. And I probably... don't think we have the bandwidth to do it. I would love to do it more often. The thing about it is, though, so I don't know. I guess maybe it's obvious to some people, but it wasn't necessarily to me. Like, obviously, this is a creative outlet but it takes a lot of creative energy to do the show and I'm mm-hmm. happy to spend it. I really love spending it on the show. I don't know if I make enough creative energy between recording sessions to do it weekly. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I don't believe in your abilities tugs. I just feel like that you'd get burnt out. Well, that's, that's how not having the energy to do it. So, but, um, but yeah, we do appreciate you um, giving us the compliment though. Yes. And we we will make sure to put out as many episodes as we possibly can. Yeah, we'll, we'll try our best. Sorry, I'm looking to see if we have any more emails left. No worries, no worries. I don't think we... We have that one email from Maverick, but I replied to that separately. Uh, unless you wanted to get into it. Recon- reconciling lifestyle and religion. Yeah, we can get into it okay. if you want. Here's what he said. He says, Hello, guys. I've been met with a struggle recently. I've been plagued with the recent discovery I made with my sexuality. I am gay. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) The problem here is that I am also Catholic. As I said in my first email, I sent you guys committing homosexual acts as a sin. How do I deal with it without denying it or my religion? Should I tell my parents? Just asking for help. Now, on to my favorite part of last season. Censored. We will read that in the next episode. So, what did you reply to him? I told him it was an off-the-air reply. It was very personal. Shared some stories. Um, the short version of it is, be yourself. You'll yep. be happier. And if yourself be- means being like a murderer, don't do that. <laughs> but, you know, if it just means that you happen to like guys and you're a pretty decent person, which I think 99% of people are, then you'll be okay. Definitely. You know, I think that that's something that's a life goal for everybody. Be comfortable in your own skin. Be comfortable for who you are. Your own fur. Yeah, in your own fur. Yeah, we don't care about the normies, the (laughs) mundanes. Although we should, we should um, sometime interview one of those human people. I know we've done it before, but you know. (laughs) Alex? Alex will come back. Yeah, we should get Alex to come back and talk about human stuff. What do you do in the bedroom? Is it normal? Well, Tugs, what do you do in the bedroom? Just kidding. I eat cookies. I do eat cookies in bed. <laughs> oh, you need to do your food review of the Hydrox cookie I gave you. <sighs> the Hydrox yeah. cookie? Yeah, remember it was the what was Oreo before Oreo? It was a chocolate sandwich cookie. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. 10 out of 10. I like being anal. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so. Are we going to talk about season six at all? Today? You know what? I think we should. I think we're going to do What do you want to talk this. about with season six? So, like, because what, we're going to want questions. we want to go? No, we're going to announce the first episode. Okay. Well, what's our first episode? The first episode of season six. Now, I want you, before I tell you what it is, I know people are like, just say it. I really want you to understand how excited I was to find out that we could finally do this topic because when I joined the fandom, this particular topic, those were, those were already like legends, like dust in the wind. It was like something you heard of every now and then. And then you don't even hear about it anymore. So when I met, met someone who knew them, 
and that was good for you know talking to i can't tell you how excited i was so that the topic to kick off season six will be burned furries burned furries really yes <laughs> the whole entire time i was thinking in my mind oh it's gonna be burned furries and i was correct wow yes are so, you serious I, how when's the last time you heard about the burned furs I'd a long time. Right? So when I got in, people were like, oh, yeah, the burn furs. Like, it was a thing that had happened a few years before I got in. And there weren't any around. Because the short version is burn furs are furries that left the fandom because they didn't like where it was going. And this was, like, in the late 90s, mid-90s. So to meet someone this year who is like, oh, yeah, I know the burn furries. I was like, what? I felt like I had found the holy grail of furry because it's so like most people have never even heard of burned furries i bet right now that are listening probably not they probably like are they like taking fursuits and burning them on like a cross no we mean socially burned and i i also have the opinion that we need to keep track of our history somewhere and yeah we have drone on and other people that do it and we really appreciate you having an audio transcription of someone who can who was there when the burned furry movement happened to me is very cool and exciting because it is for me it was like i don't know finding it was like finding the holy grail you know do you feel like that through generations that end up coming through the fandom that eventually we're all just burned furries no because burned furries were very specifically upset with a lot of the sexual uh, introductions that were happening in the fandom things like that Oh. These are the people who were in the fandom when it was new, like the people who started the magazines and the first real furry meet. Like these are the a lot, not all of them, but a lot of those people didn't like where it went, and so they became the burn furries, the ultra conservative. We don't like where the fandom is going, furries, and really tried to cause this upstaged upheaval in the fandom, but it didn't work, so they left. Well, that will be interesting to talk about in that episode. Yes. I'm excited. So if you have questions, if you know what a burn furry is, or you want us to be sure to ask our guest something very specific, let us know ASAP. And that's why we're telling you now before the end of season five episode, <laughs> because so, we really want to get good questions. So Tugs, a, a question that I'm really dying to know, do you like being anal? No, you know, I, I'm not one of those people who like it that way. I know I'm lame because I'm sure everyone out there is like, uh, what? I've tried it. It's okay. And every now and then I kind of get in a freaky mood for it. But most of the time I just feel like I got to take a shit the whole time. I just can't do it. Ew. Ew. You just made sex sound so disgusting. That's what it feels like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. What's happened with this episode? It's just all over. It's raw. It's uncut. It's my favorite kind of episode. You love these episodes? Yeah, I don't have to do any edit work. So you like being cut or uncut? I prefer it when... You like it all natural. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Uh, So where are we at, Tugs? Um, Are we doing two or three breaks this episode, Rue? You know, we can do another break and we'll come back and we'll have some more random Raw. raw footage. In 4K. In 4K. Hello, and welcome to Get Psyched with Dr. Nuka. The most dangerous part of air travel isn't actually the flying part. It's the drive to the airport. You're more likely to be killed in a car crash than in a plane crash, not by a factor of two or three, not even by a factor of 10 or 20. In fact, 
Statistics show that you're 700 times more likely to be killed in a car accident than in a plane crash. And chances are, you already knew that. You've probably heard statistics like these before. So why do we still feel safer in cars? This apparently irrational fear of planes is caused by a phenomenon known to psychologists as the availability heuristic. Heuristics are mental shortcuts that our brain uses when it answers tough questions. Tough questions like, are you safer traveling by plane or by car? To properly answer this question, our brains need a lot of information. What type of plane or car are we talking about? How long is the trip and what are the weather conditions like? Who's driving and how much sleep did they get that morning? And usually we don't have all this information. Even if we did, people aren't naturally very good at statistics. Our brain didn't evolve in an environment where life or death depended on our ability to calculate conjunctive probability. So we developed shortcuts. They're not perfect, but they do the job pretty well and with surprisingly inf little information. In step one of the availability heuristic, we replace our original question, are you safer traveling by plane or by car, with a much simpler question, are there more plane crashes or car crashes? But even this simple question is hard to answer without statistics. You'd actually have to go out and count the number of car crashes and plane crashes that happen each year, and that's a lot of work. That's where step two comes in. Instead of counting how often something happens, we estimate how often it happens based on how easily we can think of examples. If I'm thinking about famous singers and the first people who come to mind are women, I'll assume that most famous singers are women. If I'm thinking about travel accidents and plane crashes come to mind more often than car crashes, I'll just assume that plane crashes happen more often. There's a problem with this line of thinking. Our brains are designed so that rare or intense examples jump to the mind much more quickly than non-intense examples. When I imagine fatal travel accidents, I'm more likely to remember the accidents where hundreds of people were killed instead of those where only one or two people were killed. I'll remember the ones that involved bright explosions or dramatic footage. And because of this, plane crashes will just come to mind more often. This is why I'll incorrectly conclude that plane crashes happen more often. But what do plane crashes have to do with furries? Well, people use the availability heuristic for all sorts of judgments, including judgments about other people. If someone gets asked, are furries all about sex? Chances are, they're not gonna go out and ask every furry in the fandom about their sexual habits. Instead, they'll probably base their answer on the one or two examples that come to mind first. And chances are, the ones that come to mind first will be the most extreme or memorable cases, for better or worse. So the availability heuristic matters because it's the reason why furries are often judged based on the most extreme members of our group. But it's also relevant within the fandom itself. Furries often make judgments about subgroups in our fandom using the same heuristic. How do we feel about foxes, or bronies, or baby furs? It's based on the examples that come most readily to mind. And again, these aren't usually the most flattering ones. And something similar happens with artists and content creators in the fandom. When it comes to how they feel about commissioners, artists will base their judgments on the most memorable commissioners. And these are most likely to be some of the worst. Commissioners who give artists the biggest headaches may make up a very small proportion of the fandom as a whole, but they can have a huge effect on how artists see their fan base. It can even affect an artist's decision about the type of commissions they do, whether they'll even take commissions at all. The take home message is this. 
We base a lot of our judgments on extreme examples rather than statistics or rational arguments. And we're often fairly confident in those judgments, even when they turn out to be completely wrong. It takes conscious effort to override those built-in shortcuts to try to make judgments based on better information. And even after you've seen the numbers and thought it through rationally, you still might find yourself clutching that armrest during takeoff. This has been a quick look into the availability heuristic. I'm Dr. Nuka, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Get Psyched. For What It's Worth, brought to you by For What It's Worth brand carpet. When you need something to match the drapes, think For What It's Worth. How much time do you spend cleaning your home? Several hours a month, I'd wager. It's such a bore and a hassle. It would be so much better if your home just didn't get dirty in the first place, wouldn't it? Well, thanks to For What It's Worth, we're one step closer to living that dream. For What It's Worth brand carpet the latest in high technology to make it resistant to stains, dirt, shedding, and various bodily expulsions. Why, you can make a game out of it for the little ones. Whoever makes the hardest to clean mess wins a prize. Fortunately for you, they'll all find it far too easy to clean up, and they'll be doing their chores while playing. How clever. For what it's worth brand carpet comes in a wide variety of colors, ranging from black all the way to very, very dark brown. Why, that goes with just about everything. And it's so luxurious underfoot, why the husband wouldn't mind sleeping on it when he's in the doghouse. For what it's worth brand carpet, we can't wait for you to walk all over us. Warning, use only in a well-ventilated open area. Do not use indoors. Keep away from open flames. Wear ventilators while walking across carpets. Keep out of reach of children. May cause the following side effects. Fish lips, sweaty thighs, colon disimpaction, itchy flaky scalp, shingles, the clap, musical kneecaps, and twitchy tail. Apply only as directed. Seek medical attention if rash persists for more than four hours. And now for today's secret message. Be sure to get this to Ruin Tugs as quick as you can. Twenty, eight, five, six, twelve, fifteen, fifteen, eighteen, nine, nineteen, twelve, one, twenty-two, one. Good luck. I'm so hot. Are you so hot? Baby, I'm always hot. It's summertime, Tugs. It's summertime. It is so hot outside. How have you been keeping out of the heat with this? this We're really summer? doing the weather? No, I just... It's, it's, it is what it is. It's hot. I've been staying inside. That's all I do. I stay inside. I eat ice cream and sleep. What? That's the wrong button. Oh. so how much do you enjoy color do you like color so when i went to florida uh one of the exhibits at epcot now is about color Uh and and you're like of course it's sponsored by a paint company (laughs) um but it was interesting they had led lights i wanted to steal uh, and then they had a room you could paint the walls with color Mm -hmm. uh, which was pretty cool um it's interesting though i'm actually picky about color like if i'm Doing something for work and I want people to be at ease, I'll use blues. Um, but if I want people to be edgy and realize it's serious, I tend to use more reds. So what if you were to lose... What, what if you were to become colorblind? That would suck. So recently... Um, Are you colorblind? 
No, oh. I'm not colorblind. So recently, um, there's been uh, new glasses that have came out. And I know that they've probably been out for a while. But recently, um, at least, um, you know, on YouTube, what's becoming popular is people have been trying on these brand new glasses and seeing color for the very, very first time. <laughs> oh, thank you, Tux. <laughs> So, you know, if you have an, uh, if you have a second, um, just Google in YouTube videos or, um, go to YouTube and just type in, um, you know, colorblind seeing for color for the first time or something like that. This is what I'm hearing. No? Walt Disney presents <laughs> You don't think that'd be great is like a video background for that? What's that? That'd be a great video background. It's awesome. I actually really like this part of the song. I can't play it too long for the lawyers, but That's what I imagine it would really be like seeing color for the first time. Though. Anyway. All right, lawyers, lawyers. I heard the lawyers knock on the door. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. No, but it's just interesting to see these videos. Like, there's one individual that was freaking out over uh, something that was purple because, you know, it. He had never comprehended purple before. He's never comprehended purple. He's never comprehended different colors. How does it work? Uh, how did I, you know, I don't know the technology of it, so I need to like look that up. Hold on. This isn't that new. This is a year old, but I'm still watching this right now. It says, can you imagine life without color? I didn't really know there was such a thing as colorblindness at the time. I think I was six or seven. I thought maybe I wasn't intelligent enough <laughs> to tell because I didn't know and I didn't tell my parents. So I just, I stopped painting and drawing. There's some drawings where I wish I could see how my kids put the colors together and what they were visualizing. It's not that I can't name them. There's, there's nothing there. That's gray and that's gray and that's gray. 300 million people in the world are colorblind. I've had moments where girls would make fun of me for not knowing girly shades and I felt self-conscious about it. Sometimes wow. I feel like there is a world of color that I'm just sort of missing out on. That's crazy. Color blindness is a situation where because your eyes are different than someone else's eyes, you don't see the world the same way. Commonly, red and green don't look different, but look the same. So if there's a kind of a color filter, kind of glasses that would separate colors, they suddenly can see red and green. There's nothing wrong with the wiring. The problem exists in the eye with the photopigments. So Valspar is working with us at Enchroma to bring color to everyone. So we developed these glasses keep showing to enable colorblind like people to see color for the, the color first time in their is lives. Gone and then they add it back in with that mm -hmm. clicking sound. That's cool. Is this what you were watching? Yes, that's one of the videos. Oh, wow. 
Okay, so he's looking for the first time. Oh, look at that. It was like this whole end of the, of the spectrum that I just was completely not aware of. So he's basically kind of looking at a rainbow right now. This is yeah. amazing. String rainbow. Yeah. I've never been able to see this one. She's pointing at pink. And I just want to cry a little bit. <laughs> um, I never realized like how much I was affected by the fact that I can't see the world like the way that other people see the world. Here's the last guy. When he's drawing, I see him going in and out of his crayon box like 150 times sometimes. Oh, wow, that's cool. kids' drawings. And now I kind of know why. There's a lot more colors here. Okay, that's that's touching. I'm going to get like emotional, so I'm not going to finish <laughs> playing it. <laughs> oh, Tugs, you're afraid of your tears. I am. My tears. I can't. I need to keep them inside me. You know, I just... Sometimes little simple things we just take for granted. And, you know, to to see some of these people having something that they normally don't... Like, we see purple every day. We see different colors every day. And then to see some of these people seeing it for the first time. And it just... It's like I, I took that for granted. And it gives you a little bit more appreciation of the things that you do have. So... There's another video here. Deaf people hearing sound for the first time. That is also super inspirational. You know, I'm excited for, you know, I wonder if somebody has ever gained their sight. They do have videos of that, too. Really? Yes. Yes, they do. Something for me to look up. So if you want to feel sappy (laughs) and sad inside and appreciate the victories of others, go to YouTube and look this up. So speaking of YouTube videos, have you seen the video of that that lady in that Chewbacca mask? Oh, Chewbacca she got mask? an action figure or whatever. Yeah, she had like a Chewbacca. Like it's became so yeah, mainstream. Yeah, they made they made an official action figure of her. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Hasbro that. Hasbro gave it to her last weekend. <laughs> Why? Why is this? Oh boy! I didn't see the original. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm this, just like, if that makes people happy, whatever. This one mother that finds this mask, buys it, and she does a YouTube video, and she becomes like this great big Five celebrity, like overnight. Like the Snapple Lady. The Snapple Lady. You don't know who the Snapple Lady is? No. Oh, really? Who's the Snapple Lady? God, hold on. Hi, an eligible Snapple fan from Wisconsin writes, I take sudden glances at this girl while I drink bottles of Passion Supreme soda, but I can't find the nerve to talk to her. Can you please help? Kevin? Hi, I'm Don. I don't know if you're seeing anyone right now, but perhaps you and I could get to be friends. Don, grab him. Snapple, made from the best stuff on earth. <laughs> <laughs> People would write, and say that loosely, letters to the Snapple lady, and she would answer them. <laughs> it was a big thing. How do you not know about the Snapple lady? Nope. Ugh. Nope. I missed that part of history. Uh, do you know about the Blue Peter quests? 
No. Uh, so, you uncultured swine, what's on your mind? Oh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. Because the height of culture is the Snapple lady. Oh, my. Oh, my, <laughs> my, my. Uh, you know, let's see. Oh, I have a first sitting event coming up. Oh, let's get this let's get this out there, Caleb. Bronies say every pony, which drives me nuts, okay? Like it's so it's such an exclusive kind of Don't word. Don't we say every furry? Just kidding. You did in your announcement. And I'm I'm just telling you, just say everyone, because every fur is a very excluding kind of word to use. Oh. Okay. Like only only furries can go to this. So if you're interested in a furry, don't go to this event. That's what that says. Oh. So, in other words, you're saying that my fursuiting event is exclusive to fursuiting? Pretty much. Oh, well, that's okay. Yes. Such an ass. Uh, well, it's something that new that I'm trying out that I want to do. is, And I'm not just, just saying that you can't come because you don't have a fursuit. Like well, they, that's what you put. There needs to be handlers that show up and have a good time. You know what? You can never make everybody happy. You can't. You, you can't. But you, you're going out of your way to exclude people. <laughs> no. Everybody can show up if they would like. It's just more or less something I'm to wreck it. get. Like, people spend a lot of money on these suits, and they just let them sit in, in the closets. But and they so, knew that. They knew that when they bought them. Well, what's wrong with me wanting to start something... In which I create events where we can use those because particular. You're getting back into running events, and we both know how that's going to end. It'll become, for what it's worth, hosted by Tugs, and you won't ever be around anymore, and the Whatever. audience will be sad. Whatever. Whatever. No, you're going to go, I don't have gas money. No, no, it's not going to be that way. It's just me doing things once in a while. Come on. Like sex? Yeah, like sex. Although I want to increase the amount of once in a while with that. Just, ha ha ha. Okay. I like being in. Ah, tugs. I hope that that's like a season five thing and it's not going to creep nope. over to se- Yes. Nope. That is a season five button. Dear audience. You can no longer Write Rue and that. let him know that you like him being anal. No. Get rid of it. It is a the most annoying button ever. I like being in. Ah. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> it's like that one episode where you like press the inception button like 20,000 times. And now you have an inception telegram sticker. <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, uh, do you think Inception should get a sequel? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why not? Because it'll just be a dream within the dream within the dream within the dream. Uh, that's true. Yeah. You know, I was watching uh, YouTube today. So Total Recall, the Schwarzenegger edition. Mm-hmm. I, I never quite figured out if he had woke up from the dream or not. I'm assuming you know this. By the way, this is a spoiler alert from the 80s. Um, he didn't. He was in the fantasy the whole time. What? You didn't see Total Recall, did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he was in the dream the whole time. He never actually got out of it. Inception. Oh, my gosh, Tugs. So if you still are with us, I just want to let you know that I appreciate you. 100%. (laughs) I'm crying over here. This is bad. 
Why did you have me bring it back up? Because I knew that you would do it. You fell into my trap. <gasps> nope. No, come on! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> No love for the Rue. Did you know Drew Carey is like super depressed all the time? Really? Yeah, he fits depression. Oh, You know, sometimes the most happiest people are the most depressed people. Jim Carrey also. Oh, man. All right. Do we want to do mailbag or do you have anything else you have on your list? I thought we did or the not mailbag. Or mailbag, uh, house peeping. Yeah, let's do house peeping. Okay. It's time for housekeeping. Now let's do it for real. Housekeeping. No. Housekeeping. I come in. All right. I watch. Please make sure that you comment. If you have all found anything interesting in this episode, please feel free to comment on this episode. And hopefully it's nothing about me being anal. That sucks. Oh, my God. I like being anal. Stop! <laughs> ah! <laughs> And the wheels have come off, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. So besides commenting on the site, we have social media. We have the tweets, the twats, and the Facebooks, and the G+. Yes, please make sure that you also um, email us about the next episode, which, once again, is... Well, the next episode will be end of season, but we're also taking questions for burned furries. Oh, my gosh, Tugs. So, as far as end of season, I guess we are kind of extending the deadline, maybe just a little bit. Um, so, make sure that you share what your favorite moments are. Right damn now. Yes. please. Like, we're not even kidding. Please don't wait. You make the difference. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Oh. Oh. Yeah, you had that button ready. Yeah, let us know what buttons you'd like to see added to the soundboard. If I don't break tons of copyright law doing it, you just might hear it. Please don't record yourself farting into a trumpet. I won't accept that. Please send any email that you would like to Tugs at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com. I like being anal. At ForWhatIt'sWorth.com. No. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. I'm going to make that an email address people can email you at as I like being anal at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com. No. No, you're going to soon see Lucifer come out. <laughs> he did this little wing fluttering thing with his hands. Yes. Their arms. That's still my <laughs> bat, like lazy my, wings. My bat wings. <laughs> my bat wings and my little um, pitchfork tail. All right. So if you're disappointed about this episode, we just want to let you know, we don't normally do lost episodes. Like, we do maybe one a season, maybe two. Yeah, I think we got two this season. Yeah, this is a two. Don't worry, we'll get back to the normal stuff you're expecting. I mean, come on, we got a burn furry coming on. That's going to be amazing. It will be awesome. It's just not a, more They're less, not a burn furry, but it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a, a nice episode for me and Tugs, just to kind of chill. And give you something fresh to listen to, something terrible. Uh, yeah. As usual. Woo! All right. Um, I don't think that's... We don't have any announcements pending. I think that's it. I think we can actually shut this off. It's probably about an hour. Okay. This is Rue. This is Tugs. And you're listening to... Bah, for what it's worth. 
the door unlock, maybe. Ah! Oh, by the way. I like you. Uh, no! <laughs> <laughs>